Our, our communication, as my communication with everybody, yeah. um, after the first flurry of the quarantine of everybody getting in touch with everybody, yeah. ever, uh, fell off sure. defensively, appropriately, for much of the summer and fall. Partly because any communication seems like it's... Every, people don't have much to say that is different from what they had to say or yeah. the other person has to say. And if you're in the same area, there's a danger that communication might lead to um, a face-to-face -face encounter. Which, <laughs> So I don't really know what most people in Portland are up to because, and this may be the universal experience, is that you don't even want to communicate with people outside of your bubble because the temp the temptation is to is then to well there's, I guess there's a, there's a lot of social politics to it of of um, um, you know or interpersonal dynamics of um, okay do we would normally go have lunch or something yeah or have the kids over so if we just pretend that the other person doesn't exist then we're not <laughs> yeah turning down an offer or making one or expected to make one. And so it's not even uh, checking in. I bumped into the, uh, the drummer of my old band, John, um, at the, at the Wegmans the supermarket a few months ago. He was one of the few people I recognized with his lower face covered, which was interesting. Most people, it takes me a moment. I, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, okay, let me back up. One thing I've found during this pandemic is, and this does not seem to be a universally held opinion, but I think most people have beautiful eyes. Oh, they certainly do. Just... And eyebrows for days. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, little furrows between the, you know, little, little, little uh, briffets and widgies, all sorts of features of the upper face. Yeah. <laughs> Previously. Um, unappreciated. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like so. I used to think that the eyes were the primary way that you looked the way you looked, um, but I actually think the lower part of the face is the more important thing now. Um, that everyone looks great to me now that their faces are largely covered. Anyway, uh, my friend John um, and former bandmate uh, see him at the store. Delighted to see him. Followed mm -hmm. by alarm because my whole supermarket um, shtick is getting in and out as quickly as possible and trying to stay six feet away from people and being very, very wound up and stressed out about the fact that people are a, are a little – I mean, even in normal times, people are, are unclear what the boundaries of their bodies are. They don't realize how they're occupying space. They don't realize when they're in the way. Um, and it's all fine when there's not a – you know, a deadly pandemic in town. But um, so I'm, I'm in this state of nervousness. Now I'm talking to someone face to face. And then slowly as we fill each other in on how our lives are going, and they're going exactly the same, uh, which is, uh, we're not in poverty, we're not dying, but we mm -hmm. are trapped at home. Yeah, uh, with our families, whom we adore. However, this isn't ideal. And then a sadness sinks in as you remember what it was like to get to hang out with that person, to have a yeah. beer at a bar with that person, to play music with that person um, in the Open same Open-mouthed kissing. <laughs> oh, I miss it so much. Yeah. 
After every song, I would give him a big old, big old smackaroo. Yeah. Sneezing in one another's food. <laughs> I miss it so much. Salad bars without a without a guard. <laughs> wait, wait, really? Where, where where were you? Where were you? Where were you finding the unguarded salad? Sizzler. <laughs> Western Sizzlin Steak and Ale, nineteen seventy six, I think. <laughs> On Kansas Avenue by the Richmond Gordman. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I've gone through the same uh, plot arc as you have of of having a flurry of um, you know, being in touch with people and then realizing there's there's so little to say um because our lives have been so uh, circumscribed. Yes, yeah, this is very weird. You have lost weight. Um I, I think I have. You can Up on the scales. You I can think you'll see. see. That? I can see it in your face. When I had my physical a couple of months ago, um, the my doctor was mildly surprised that I had lost about eight pounds from the year before, um, and uh, I was surprised too. I think it was just I had stopped going to the gym because the gym was full of disease, and right. um, always was <laughs> always was. But I didn't mind those diseases because I could overcome mm-hmm. them very quickly. Right. Uh, this one, I fear, I wouldn't be able to. But uh, uh, I started taking very long walks, like uh, six mm-hmm. miles is the is the is the norm. Um, and I figured this was less exercise than what I was doing at the gym. Uh, but I think it's turned out to be more exercise. I think I it's more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm make I'm making sure that some of it is on a hill. I'm going up up towards campus or uh, out the out the main road to the east, out of town, and through the woods, and out behind the condo mm-hmm. where I lived for a little while, and then uh, and then back home. Um, so yeah, I think I I've like, actually almost like inadvertently been healthy. I like a nice flat walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just no elevation gain, no change. Thus, your your stage name, Eddie Flatwalk. Eddie Flatwalk. Yeah. EFW. <laughs> Eddie Flatwalk's playing down the EFW. That's his yeah. home. <laughs> EFW of the VFW. His, pri- his private club, of which he's mm-hmm. the only member. Well, that's the right ratio for a good <laughs> club, I think. Yeah. In this day and age, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an appropriate, <laughs> appropriate quantity. Um. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna what we have to talk about. It's been so long since we <laughs> did it. I don't remember how we did it, but I feel so practiced, uh, uh, so much more practiced about speaking into a microphone and looking at a screen. Yeah, it's become second <laughs> nature. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, we had a conversation early. I can't remember what um what went into a podcast and what didn't because we had a couple conversations that were too grim to to share. But um, I do remember you were very, very down on the on the online teaching. I assume that that is still the case. Oh, I, I think I've got, gotten accustomed to it. I have been um, a little more time to prepare. So there's a lot of background noise and in, in coming from mine. I tried to turn no, off no, you're the, all right. the dehumidifier, the furnace, the dryer, mm-hmm. the, the iron air lung. fryer, yeah, the, um, the, yeah, the, the werewolves <laughs> and the iron lung. <laughs> Tried to stifle their screaming, and Oscar's taking a bath. Oh, okay. There might be some splashing sounds. Yeah, no, I don't hear anything at all except for your 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 voice, my dulcet tone. Your dulcet tones. 
awesome. There was a clip. Yeah. Um, I don't feel I don't feel as grim. I mean, things are grimmer, but I don't I don't feel as or that my grimness needs to be expressed particularly. Uh, yeah. Online teaching is fine. I, I'm doing it differently. I'm not teaching at Montana. I'm teaching. I'm filling in on maternity leave for a friend at uh, Idlewild Arts Academy where I taught 15 yeah. years ago. Um, oh God, having a baby right now must be uh, must be a challenge. Yeah, yeah I, well, I think, I mean, the, the anxiety about going to the hospital a lot and the delivery, I think, was, um, you know, was a scary prospect. But I think having the child now, um, I mean, mostly just staying in, I think it, yeah. it uh, that part's probably, aspects of that are easier, I suppose. But, uh, so I'm teaching some, you know, high school juniors and seniors about poetry great which is fun and they're very smart um and they're they've made the adjustments to online life and it feels quite easy i don't know um i of course i hadn't i've never seen them in person one of the adjustments in the spring was shifting overnight from you know being in the presence of people to to you know, hastily thrown together technology. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's fine. How about well, you? You're, you you just concluded a semester all yeah. online. Yeah. I, I, I think I told you I had an un, unexpectedly busy semester. Um, I had forgotten that I agreed to do a freshman advising seminar. Um, and uh, I just, I guess I agreed to it back in the spring and then I never heard from anyone again. And forgot about it, but it turns out they had been sending um, email updates f- and scheduled training meetings, and they'd been frantically sending me emails about all these things with in- increasing uh, nervousness about my lack of response until they realized that they were sending them to someone else, oh. um, who I guess finally informed them, I am not the person you think I am. And then right. literally just days before the first... L. L. Robert Jenin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, finally they said, we're sorry, can you still do it? The first session is in three days. And I was like, yeah, why not? It was actually great because I, um, I didn't have the burden of... If I had gone through all the training sessions, I would have felt a responsibility to be awesome and would have been nervous and would have worried about it. Um, but this kind of freed me to just go into it and shoot the shit with a bunch of young people, uh, which turns out, uh, to be exactly what we all wanted and needed. So it became mm-hmm. like a, um, I would, you know, it's, a, of course it's a challenge for young people to start college in this environment. And, uh, we just sort of talked about the stresses of that over the weeks and it was fine, but it was, it was a little bit time consuming. And I filled in for a colleague who had to, had to exit uh, just a few weeks into the semester, and then I had my two regular classes and an independent study. So by the end, yeah, I was busy. I, yeah, it was busy. busy. But I'll have an easier yeah. uh, semester in the spring. Mm-hmm. But I say all this um, it just by way of saying that I my relationship to the online teaching at first was pretty good. I liked being at home. I liked not having to... Uh, prepare for class and get to the campus and get to my office and um, mm. and uh, I found that for a for a small seminar it was pretty effective. I got to see everyone's face. Uh, the students were uh, as enthusiastic as they could be in the circumstances. Um, but then it got 
more and more of a strain, much more than a normal semester does. I think because my entire life talked to my family, my writing, my the my music, uh, any information, any research I'm doing, plus all of my job is all happening in the chair that I'm sitting in right now talking to you. But in the spring, you got a new chair. Yes. I, oh, or that's maybe, right. Maybe the winter. You got a nice, you, you put a lot of thought, if I recall, Yeah. into that chair. A lot of research. Mm-hmm. So that was that was time well spent. Yeah, and here or, it is. Or has it been? Uh, it's, actually, yeah. it's actually been great. It's paid it, off. It yeah. has absolutely paid off. It's a good chair. Uh, if I have to sit here looking at the same uh, computer, I also have a desktop like a, like a dinosaur. Um, then it was it's one of those weirdly shaped shaker chairs, right? It's woven out of birch bark. Yeah. And um, it has what's happening. It sounds like a, I, uh, sounds a like device a, turned on, I guess. I think it sounds like a, like a clothes dryer or something. I think it's the, the, the it's the washing machine in its final death throes. Oh, okay. yeah, the, of, of that cycle. Yeah, you've I seen those. You've seen those videos. Oh, on, it's not too distracting. Those videos where people throw a you know get the get the washing machine going real real fast and they throw a throw a, a cinder block in there. No, and, and it basically just explodes into a million pieces. It's very, Be right back. Brb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to my washing machine. Uh, no, no. But anyway, yeah, my my chair is comfortable, and uh, but I'm glad the semester is drawn to a close, and yeah. uh, I'll have a lighter semester in the spring. And with any luck, by the fall, things will be quote unquote normal. I, right. I, I'd like to hear about one thing we discussed uh, off uh, off podcast that I would like you to weigh in on, if you don't mind, is the. Um, uh, the impromptu school slash pod bookshop free school. Yeah. Yeah. No cops. We rule. Yeah. We have a, that's your motto. Yeah. We walk to the park, the kids shouting, all bobbies are bastards. <laughs> um, yeah. We have a little logo. It's got uh, no cops. We rule in, in Latin. I don't know what they can't remember what it, I didn't translate it. Uh, <laughs> the kids study Latin and Greek. First thing in the morning. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you can be able to use this because of the washing machine, by the way. It's fine. Okay. Um, the Bookshop Free School, well, we, we got about nine weeks out of it. Um, uh, Ten or twelve kids, kindergarten through sixth grade, at Mother Foucault's Bookshop, uh, my friend Craig's bookstore mm-hmm. down in our southeast Portland, which has a lot of space. He wasn't really able to be open except by appointment. In the end, he ended up opening the shop on, I think, Saturdays. You know, mm-hmm. not a lot of foot traffic right now. Yeah, people are hungry for books, however, and so he's able to get books into people's hands. But he never has what people want because it's a used bookstore specializing in philosophy, um, <laughs> foreign, you know, uh, novels from Austria. You know, it's. Uh, People don't necessarily have the latest James Patterson. Yeah, it sounds about. like the kind of bookstore too that depends on um, on browsing uh, rather than uh, special orders. It's really picking up in there. Yes, yeah, truly is. But your voice is clear. You shouldn't be so self conscious about it. Are, are do you fear it's it's sentient? 
Oh, I know it's sentient. <laughs> I fear my own senescence. <laughs> that they're they're out of equilibrium. This the sentience of the washing machine and the sentience of the whirlpool and senescence of the whirl skoog. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's the sound of it about to die. No, no, it's about to it's, it's about to finish its load. Of sunlight. Yeah. There, I think it's slowed down. Sorry. That's all right. I'm I'm writing down what you said as as a possible title, but it's very very long. What's what's time to a hog? I mean, what does time matter to us at this point, or length, or duration? I guess you're right. Um, the bookshop free school. So, a uh, bunch of great kids. Too many different ages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly been Craig and I teaching. Kind of splitting the kids into into two groups or three, depending on age group, and some other parents coming down and, and spending like a day or, or half a day or doing a lesson. We had in those nine weeks a, a steady diet of, of Latin and Greek roots. Not really learning Latin and Greek, but using it as an excuse to talk about words and sure. um, how they're formed uh, and some culture. And uh, they had one, an Austrian. Father came and, and taught German for a while, and then after five weeks, they got their certificate, which was a pretzel. <laughs> and and we were uh, we had some Spanish, and uh, so a lot of you know, language, a lot of stories. Read the Odyssey, um, but we also had I uh, so Craig would do most of that, and I, who am who who cannot add. <laughs> Without, I can, can't, you know, if it's above five, I have, I struggle. I ended up teaching a lot of the, the math. Oh. Using worksheets. Um, algebra. Did you find the skill, your, your former skill as a student coming, coming back to you in math? No. Or did you ever lack have of, skill? Lack of skill. No, no, I can't. I, I'm, I have, I have a, I have had a lifelong struggle with basic mathematical concepts. Enumeracy. Listen, yeah, yeah. I've got my brain. Don't work on numbers. Good, mm-hmm. you know. But I have patience, and so I'd sit there with the worksheets and just, you know, just kind of do skip, skip counting, um, multiplication, sorts of things, word problems, a lot of shop-related math. Mm-hmm. Uh, go grab five books from the shelf. Go grab the Robert Musil section. <laughs> how much, you know, eight dollars for a Der Mann ohne Titel. Four dollars for the uh, you know, French translation. Yeah. Um, add them up. You know what's you know, or how much would you have to buy these for? You know, profit. Just kind of shop math stuff that's available. Bonus. Know, how many qualities does the man have? He has four. <laughs> um, the man with four qualities. Four qualities. Demand. Demand. Mit vier. Yeah. <laughs> Tito, Titelin, Titelin. It's Titel. It's not exactly quality, is it? No, that's all right. It's you don't. There is no real German. No. Um, and then we had rocketry. A friend uh, came in and taught rocketry, which was a big hit in the bookstore. In the bookstore. And we had. Uh, 
Um, tennis. My yeah. friend Harrison taught ten- coached tennis once a week. And then uh, my friend Lindsay would teach uh, hockey. Ah. Uh, street, street hockey. Yeah. Some of her hockey buddies would come and they would face off. Imagine having hockey buddies. Hockey buddies. You can tell, by the way, who plays hockey. You walk down the street, I can point out who, who has spent time on the boards. Is, is their face less symmetrical than that of a, a non-hockey? There's a shape change, much like the, much like the, the flounder or the dover sole. <laughs> I migrates around the horn. It's life cycle. Okay. But, uh, but more attractively. Sure. The ruggedness. Uh, face a, not only, but especially a dentist, a reconstructive dentist would love. <laughs> and they like that. Um, I, I spend a lot of time working on jump rope. Sure. That's a good elementary school thing. There's a lot of things you can do with jump rope. It's not, un, um, it's not unmath related. Math and, and rhythm. Mm-hmm. And poetry. Sure. Miss Mary Mack, dressed in black. Yeah. Silver buttons. All down her back. Yeah. Um, and then, it's still going, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I really, I walk, I, I spent five minutes going around and turning everything off in the house. You know, you, you're, you're, um, I think your, your, uh, susceptibility to being distracted by it is saying something about your mental state. I think you fear what is inside it. I think you fear what may come out of it. Of the dryer? Of, of the washing machine? Of the washing machine. A chimera, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. A coat of many curses. Like Pegasus, whose hoof merely traipsed Mount Ida and the blissful Hippocrene Spring sprung forth. Uh, Parnassus, I'm sorry, not Ida. Um, yeah, I'm distracted. Yeah, it's okay. Um, anyway, school was awesome. And and then we had the surge coming up prior to Thanksgiving, and, and we put the brakes on it for a month. The surge of what? The, this, uh, this, this cold that's going around. Oh, the the COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, Oregon, especially Portland, has been weirdly and blissfully. Um, we really have never had uh, a big surge. We never had the numbers of coronavirus here. It's like Oregon and Vermont and uh, like the Marianas Islands. You know, we've got very little coronavirus here. Although, I mean the I mean, it's it's around, but not like other states. Yeah. And so we, we were able to sort of pretend for much of the summer and early fall. Um, but I think one of the reasons why we had that is because we because we shut down the schools, stringent mask mandates, almost everything closed. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not that it missed us because we were lucky, but I think because we were very early in saying um, everything has to be different. Yeah. We were able to conduct lives somewhat more normal than many people i think up until about until about halloween or afterwards see the cloud the clothes are sentient and they're uh, just like the whirlpool itself and they're coming out they're coming for you yeah um 
they want you to. So we shut down. Then we we started up. We started up a couple weeks ago with just four kids, um, and we're. I'm just kind of letting the kids direct what's happening and giving them the resources and supplies and space to 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 do that. And then so they put on a puppet show, a shadow puppet mm-hmm. performance. Um, one of the kids is designing a knife shop. Um, but I think in January we'll have a little more programmatic, um, maybe it depends on the numbers. Yeah. Um, parents are, you know, we have a bunch of different families involved and, and and some parents didn't, were not reliable. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's reliable in a group. And and that kind of became a bummer. Um, some people that we hoped had hoped on whom we had hoped to rely, yeah, uh, flaked, and that added to the burden of it. Yeah, but mostly it wasn't a burden, you know. But I'm glad we're, we're we're trying something. I mean, we have there are lots of kids here who are who have, who haven't seen another kid since March. You know. Yeah, that's rough. And we actually can't do that. Yeah. So, was, so we're you know we're we're getting through it. And because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching a little bit. But it's like two days a week. I'm, I'm you know essentially unemployed. I, I I drew unemployment for most of the quarantine up until I got this. Uh, and Jill has a job, so I have been able to, you know, just kind of focus all my time on Oscar and this little school thing. So I think we're. I mean, nobody's getting through this unscathed, but less scathed maybe yeah. than, than than otherwise well we're all prone to More a scathed. bit of scathing now and then scathed <laughs> anyway long and short of it i bought a tuba yeah um i uh, i'm aware of that and i'm i'm curious what the motivation was and how what the result was did you buy was it li- did you buy it little- for oscar or for yourself no but i was i was a little high <laughs> sure sure i bought a tuba <laughs> Not that complicated. No. Self-evident, really. You know. Yeah. Would you like to see it? Yeah, of course I would. Here he comes, coming back with the tuba. I can see in the in the tuba the reflection of my face on your computer screen. It's not um, an enormous tuba as tubas go. What is what is that in the reflection? Is that you have the protocols of the elders of Zion open on your laptop? Oh, sorry, it's go you. on. It's just you, John. good not, not very good no but, uh, no it's perfect perfect a, a start 
You know, maybe your um, maybe your uh, lung capacity would your lung capacity would be greater if you weren't uh, smoking all that weed. Could be, and I uh, actually I don't I don't smoke weed. I was joking about being high. Okay, and sure. I, I just don't I don't even have a good explanation for why I bought a tuba. I uh, <laughs> I have wanted a tuba. I played the tuba in school. Uh huh. My uh, my son Oliver did too. I've, yeah. I've I've had tuba in my life, tuba and euphonium yeah. in my life. Euphonium's a nice little instrument, but it seems like a half measure. Yeah, yeah. Like, why not go all the way in? You know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted I wanted one, and I, I was when I had a poem in the New Yorker magazine a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I'll I'll uh, spend that little paycheck on was a tuba, and then I found out the tuba tubas cost quite a bit more. Yeah. So I bought uh, an apple tree and a cherry tree with that, which is probably a better investment. Better for the birds yeah. than a tuba. Qu- quick, quick aside, yeah. I recall that the the at least one of the trees was immediately hit by a car. It survived, but it was it was damaged. Okay, it's still yeah. it is it alive today? It had five grafts on it. Yeah. yeah, it had five different apple varieties grafted on one. Um, trunk and two of the varieties um, were ripped off in the car accident Uh, but three survived and then we had one very large apple out of it this year which uh, somebody (laughs) blocked walking by (laughs) and uh, but uh, next year it it grew it it, it prospered both the apple tree and the cherry tree have have doubled in size very pleased with those uh uh, with with that, that use of it, I'd hope to buy a tuba. Yeah. You know, that check, so I was like, it was like 700 bucks. Yeah. For the New Yorker poem, which is, which is pretty good. That is pretty good for a poem. And I ended up, I ended up spending about, about 800 bucks for the tuba. Sure. For this tuba, but because it's dinged up a little bit mm-hmm. and the economy's a little different, they were willing, they're just trying to move tubas. Sure. Um, whereas in October of 2019, they were. They're at a premium. You know, they were at a premium. Everyone was starting an Oompa band and back in October, yeah. those innocent days of... Well, tubas are expensive, and they're, they're, they're prone to theft uh, because they're, they're very popular for Norteño bands. Oh. Um, uh, for which there is a... Almost every city has a, a need for them because you, you might want to hire one for a quinceanera or something, you know. So there's, there's actually a, um, a market. That's most of the market for tubas is for sort of order... Um, brass bands. This Nor- Norteña meaning north, northern Mexico? Yeah. As a musical genre. Right. Like El Tigres. Los Tigres del Norte. Or I'm probably getting both of the, the articles wrong on that. Well, but, that's all right. Um, anyway, so I wanted one and I bought it. And, and advised the family not to get me anything for Christmas because I had already... Because you're not getting them anything for Christmas. No, I did. I did. <laughs> but I didn't deserve anything. Um, so I played it Christmas morning. Uh, Jill had found out I'd, I'd had it, but Oscar, it was a surprise to Oscar. Uh, although Christmas morning, he woke up at one in the morning, which was a surprise to everybody. That's not even the morning. You can't We're even still call recovering. that the morning. Does he or did he ever believe in Santa Claus, by the way? Still does. Thank you. Okay. Well done, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Sort of adorable. 
he likes myths and legends and yeah. mythology and stories. So Santa just kind of fits into all of that. Yeah. Ask him any question about the miracle of Christmas, and he won't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I was go- I was going to read the Gospel of whoever. Uh, just so we have some background, uh, and, and I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot you have to do reading the gospel. Yeah, of parenting is hard, um, but so uh, you know, I'm maintaining the, the bluegrass band. We've been recording, in fact, from our from our separate locations, um, yeah. and that's been uh, it's worked. It's the the results have been, I think, better than if we were recording in person uh, what now i i want to ask you about this because i have had amazingly the same experience with uh my bandmate in the bemis point the electronica uh, duo the ambient electronic music duo um my friend jim we've been recording right. via jam kazam which mm-hmm. is not a good app but as a service it has worked pretty well and we've managed to make i think a, our best recording over the course of the pandemic to my great surprise, every time there are technical problems, every time it's a huge pain in the ass to get everything set up and working correctly, and every time we have managed to actually make something pretty good. So, how what is your? Are you working made? at the same time? Yeah, um, it has very low oh. latency. So, have you just been recording a part and then sending it to someone else, and they add a part? I recorded on the voice recorder on my lap on my tower PC. Yeah, your tower PC. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I guess I convert it using Audacity, just to make sure that it's not too loud or too quiet, just to kind of get the yeah level medium, and then I send it. Um, we transfer over what or whatever to Rich, and he mm-hmm. puts them all together, and it sounds good. Uh, one of the things I've I found recording uh, because it's a, a banjo and. Um, and it's me, uh, and my, I, I, and I'm improvisational. Like I find it hard to play the same thing over and over again because sure. I don't remember what it is that I've done, you know. Um, and because I don't, because it, it, it's an ensemble instrument, you know. I, I, I play it, and I'm responding to what other people are playing. Yeah, of course. You know, instead of you know, it doesn't sound right to me by itself. And so the recordings have always been kind of timid or sloppy or, you know, distracted. Not, not my best work when we've done it in person, but I found I was able to sort of maniacally just record the same part for an hour or two until I had something usable and then send it to him. And so I, I didn't feel like I was wasting his time. Right. Right. I didn't feel like I was wasting anybody's time, but mine, um, and, and ended up with a, a better result. Um, but I, so with the tuba, I, 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 I will be beginning a, a, a brass ensemble. Yeah. I already have the other members. We're just, uh, uh, everybody's just sort of working, getting their embouchures back in shape. <laughs> Great. Running scales. And I'm not sure what we're going to do. We've got uh, my Great. friend Rachel is going to play the French horn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to be giving a lot of people those rough, rough-lipped kisses from mm-hmm. here on in. And I think we have a we have a trumpet, so we have at least three mm-hmm. uh, brass figures. Not a New Orleans brass band. I think we're just going to play, you know, the 
uh, just to kind of just do like a simple little classical repertoire. Do you have a name? No. Um, oh, that's that's surprising and and uh, and. Well, not, I don't know the nature of. It. I don't know if I don't know if we're doing it. I don't know because these are kind of some serious people. There are other writers who have, who have played music. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure. I don't. I, I think like with a bluegrass band, you have to you have to be self-deprecating. Yeah. With certain genres. Yeah. Right. A pun name is appropriate for a bluegrass band, but maybe not for a or a barbershop quartet. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to be called the, you know, Portland Barbershop Ensemble, which probably exists. Yeah. <laughs> I, I those those dudes really it. suck. <laughs> 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 They're good, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if uh, um, that uh, once we once I have a sense of what the decision is of what sort of thing we're going to do, then the names will flow from that. Um, I think probably not a pun because you know, pun named bands, it's funny at first and then you have to keep saying it. Yeah. And explain like my bluegrass band, the Hill Williams, which I did not name. I like the band. I've gotten accustomed to the name, but I did not like the name. There's not a name that I would choose. No, I didn't imagine that you had. My bluegrass bands that I have had the uh, hand in naming have been called the Caw River Swamis. I kind of like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Straw Boss and, <laughs> and Corn Jail. Corn Jail. Yeah, <laughs> which I think were all excellent names, <laughs> particularly Corn Jail. Corn Jail is very good. <laughs> it's very good. I have a. I've been keeping a band name on my phone for a decade. And um, a band name list, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, I was keeping them keeping them as a joke. They were like funny band names, but then I started putting in earnest band names. And now, at this late date, I realize I just can't tell them apart. Yeah, well, that's the nature of it. If you see, it, are there any that you think would be apt for a tuba French horn trumpet? Ensemble, run by poets. Yes, okay, let's see. How about light verse? Um, how about nudism? That's good. Electro lion? Fine. How about um, gentleman juice? I think I'm, I think I'm the only gentleman in the, in the band at this point, so. How about keister? <laughs> Might not be the best name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how about uh, how about Peanut Christ? Yeah, that's good. You, I think I have one here. Uh, tricked out ambulance, and I feel like you said that. That was something you said in a, one of our podcast episodes. Maybe it's a good name. Yeah, tricked out ambulance. Silent disco. I actually think that's a good. Brass quartet, silent disco, quintet or quartet. Uh, I think it'll, it'll be at least a quartet. We could be like NY NRBQ, yeah, and where the Q can, has stood for quintet and quartet. I thought and, that uh, that that I thought an ever expanding number. Weren't they just named after a subway sign? Uh, no, no, they used that. 
for the logo. Oh. But it stands for New Rhythm and Blues Quartet. Uh-huh. And RBQ. New Rhythm and Blues Quartet. Formed in Miami in nineteen sixty seven. Oh, all right. Fascinated. I'm fascinated by NRBQ. Um, Whenever I've been one of my quarantine um, pleasures has been NRBQ, particularly the song "Magnet." Okay. Which is, I think, one of the best songs ever recorded. I'm going to put that in the notes so that our listeners can. um... Do you know the song? I uh, hold on. This one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard it in years, but yes, I do know this song. Great song. Um, one of the so I think you should be called Silent Disco because you will be neither. Right. Very much neither of those things. So I uh, did a solo woodwind. I did a, a music thing um, all by myself that uh, cre- created an awkward situation. Uh, and that Which is, is on horseback? Well, I had done one, a couple of the sessions that Jim and I did yep. were unsuccessful. We had, you know, we each of us played for half an hour and um, we couldn't, didn't really come up with any, anything that really worked together. So I took my half of one of those sessions and I added some stuff to it. And then I thought it would be fun to just try to do listen while listening to it. I would write as quickly as possible, just a descriptive, fantastical, not even a story, just a description of someone walking through woods and I'll see what happens. And, uh, and then I, and then I uh, read aloud the thing yeah. I wrote over the music. And oh. then I invented a whole backstory for it about a disgraced um, a psychology graduate student at Cornell who did experiments on students that drove them mad. Right. Well, you, this was part of your uh, – I mean, I read the, this is your – Part of the uh, newsletter. I put it the in the newsletter. newsletter. Which I uh, only uh, after read it piece together that it was untrue. Yeah, so I thought it was obvious, especially <laughs> since the name of my electronic music act, which on horseback was right there on the on the fake cover. Uh-huh. But I had invented a story about finding it at a at a, right. a library sale. That was great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of synthesizer blogs picked it up thinking that it was real. My friend Tom writes oh, it's very plausible. Yeah. It's plausible. But then it's the guy dies by riding his possible. bicycle off a waterfall. Yeah. That's I thought some frozen, perhaps. It's Ithaca plausible, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous. It is. It is quite gorgeous. Gorgeous. Keister. Oh, so what was so what so so some some people thought looked into it or thought took it took you at your word? Well, uh, my friend Brian, uh, writer friend Brian, professor, mm-hmm. actually said that he initially thought that it was fake, um, based on the narrative, but then right. or based on the you know the backstory. But then he got to the cover, and he I had I had done up a cover a, a cover that looks like the what the cover of an old psycho psychoacoustic recording 
by a disgraced psychologist might look like. And yeah. he thought that looked persuasive. Yeah. So then he he went on a 10-minute Googling spree trying to find the truth about this guy. Um and then all and then recognized once again that it was fake. But um one one guy wanted to a stranger wrote to me saying, I'm starting a record label. I would like to reissue this on vinyl. And I had to tell him that I had made it all up. But he said he still might want to do a CD of it. So I'm, I'm in correspondence. Oh, nice. And he's in Portland, actually, too. Oh, what's, uh, um, what's, what's the label? Uh, he's, I think he's just starting. Uh, he's starting. Uh, this, this guy's name's Philip. Um, and it's called Modular 8. I think he's starting a, a music shop for electronic oh. musicians in Portland. Um, nice. And uh, so we're, we're in discussions. I, 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 I'm late. Philip, if you're listening, I'm late with my response. But I've, I've not forgotten you. I had to finish my semester. But yeah, um, so I don't know. I, I, I feel like people do like a story of something forgotten having been recovered. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, Sugar Man. Uh, uh, um, Arthur um, Russell. Arthur Russell, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Was he? But it seems now, for a long time now, he's he's been a staple. Was there? There was a time when no one was listening to him. Oh, I think yeah. I think. Well, I I, uh, I had never heard of him until. Oh, I don't know. I guess now it's five or six years. Um. Yeah, you know, I had the sense that uh, he was largely unknown. Yeah, and maybe that's just vanity. In that, if I had not heard of him, he must be unknown. But I think that he was. Um, I mean, he had he had his impact on disco. Yeah, which I think was recognized. But then all of the 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 uh, these other recordings that he did, mostly by like himself disco, in his apartment yeah. when he was dying of AIDS, that are kind of you know countryish. Yeah, um, or whatever you call them, I think had were un, were unknown. I'll link to this uh, article uh, that was in the New Yorker uh, three four years ago about him that I remember reading at the time. But um, yeah, his his I have I think I have the complete known discography, and I sometimes will put it all. I have it in a playlist, and we'll just shuffle the wow. playlist, and it's it's like listening to ten different bands. Yeah, absolutely. I guess you know it must must be ten years, Janine. Because I knew someone named Janine, and then there's his song Janine. Yeah, that was ten years ago. I don't know. Time flies. (laughs) Time flies, John. It does. I'm going to coin a phrase right now. Time flies. (laughs) Zeit fliegt, as your uh, as your Austrian friend might say. Johannes? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, you Johannes know him too. Tux? A... Johannes Tax. I yeah, guess, Johannes, yeah. Yeah, Johannes Tax. It's a great name for an Austrian. Here's another music thing that I discovered. Um, I didn't discover, obviously. Others knew about it, but I had never heard of them. Um, I heard about back in uh, um, back in the beginning of the pandemic, and that is Fanny. Have you heard of the band Fanny? Have not. This is from the Wikipedia page. There's two British men. Uh, no, they were American. Um, the two sisters were the were the founding members, June and Jean Millington, who were Filipino Americans who lived in California. 
Um, and they started this band with two other women, Alice DeBurr and Nikki Barclay. Um, and they were just, uh, they were like a classic rock band. Um, and one of the first all female bands to come to some prominence. Um, they disbanded in the mid seventies, which is probably why they they didn't stand the test of time, just for I guess personal band reasons. But um, mm-hmm. but there is this recording of them. It's they were on the BBC, um, this show called or called Beat Club, I think, which is absolutely amazing. It's just a great set, and this video, I it, I think it gets kicked off of, uh, it gets kicked off of YouTube every now and then for copyright reasons, and then reappears, mm. so it's it's up at the moment, I'll send, I'll post the link. Fanny. Fanny, yeah. You assumed it was British, and then, in which case, that name would mean one thing. Right. It seemed like it would be unlikely. And here in America, it means another, although I'm sure but- they were well aware of what the British usage is. I don't know who they are. Oh, the band. Yeah. Well, if they were on the Beebs. They were on the Beebs. Yeah. Anyway, I'll send you this thing. Oh, God. Okay, there's actually a chat, a um, little chat icon now. How long have we been using Skype for? Ooh, that is. 100,000 um, years. And now finally yeah. they have added a little chat icon. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I think they realized that Zoom was eating their lunch. and No, it ate, ate it immediately. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's just wonderful. So, yeah, I, I recommend checking out this. Uh, check I will check it out. That's the chat. Yeah. Um, my, my other musical thing has been Shocking Blue. Oh, yeah. Of course, everyone knows from Venus. A big hit, of course. But, but not as many people know... Perhaps the other, after Magnet by NRBQ, mm-hmm. probably the second greatest song of all time, Never Marry a Railroad Man. Yeah. yeah. Shock Blue. <laughs> um, probably because it's a Dutch band, um, lyrics are a little awkward. They're in English, yeah. but they're, they don't quite mean anything. Okay. Uh, well, now I have to look them up. <laughs> I don't know this song. It's great. And the production is great. And it has lots of different phases. A lot of key changes. A couple of double key changes. Like it changes a key and then before they sing, it changes another key. I know you like a key change. That's clever. I do like a key change. I do like a key change. Stephanie and I actually have been singing a few of our old, of the old Starry Mountain Band songs. And there's one, there's one with a double key change. At, mm-hmm. Adam uh, Price, my bandmate, added the double key change. You mean double like it changes, then there's like a chorus and it changes again? Or does it change twice before like what? you think it's done? It's kind of like a fake ending. It does verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then yeah. it goes into um, a guitar solo. Oh, no. Yeah. Then there's a key change for the guitar solo. Yeah. And then at the end of the guitar solo, the key changes again. So it's up nice. several steps from... Yeah. from before anyway yeah, that's something similar to what 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 yeah. shocking blue this these uh yeah. these lyrics are great <laughs> yeah N- never never yeah. marry a railroad man he loves you every now and then his uh-huh. heart is at his new train no yeah. no no don't fall in yeah. love with a railroad yeah. man um have you been brokenhearted once or twice if it's yes 
Um, how did it feel uh, like he had his first lies? At his first lies. <laughs> if it's no, you need this good advice. Yes. So if you have been brokenhearted, you will not this will not be useful to you. You can stop listening now. If you have not been brokenhearted, then yeah. here is something you should listen to. No, the, the, the premise of the song is that it's being sung to somebody who is in danger of falling in love with a railroad man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what a railroad man is. A man who works for the railroad? Like somebody, like, is it a, is it a, is it like a rap battle, like an answer <laughs> song to I've been working on the railroad all the live long day? <laughs> Like uh, king of the road, queen of the house. <laughs> that, that's that's Kitty the Wells, name. Kitty Wells. That's response. the name of your brass quartet. It's queen of the queen, house. Queen of the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could be my my, my uh, a bluegrass band that never quite got off the ground in New Orleans was we were going to be called Trophy Wife. <laughs> that's so. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The, the second verse uh, here. Ha- have you ever been restless in your bed and mm-hmm. so lonely that your eyes became wet? Yeah. Let me tell you then one thing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Never marry a railroad man. Dutch rock and roll. I like there's it. A, there's not a the golden earring, I think, was Dutch. Oh, were they really? I don't know. Might as well have been. Right. Twilight Zone was a very important song of my childhood. Yeah. Back when you couldn't, for some reason, I didn't have it in me to go and buy the cassette. Well, oh, so, you should have done what I did with that song and tape it off of V100, KDMV. <laughs> <laughs> I put a line in my uh, newsletter a couple of weeks ago. I had written about distortion in music, how, how sometimes we have tried to avoid it, sometimes right. we like it. Yeah. But I said something that I assume was a commonplace among people people of our generation, which is that we made, we made mixtapes by taping, um, taping songs off the radio. Right. And we'd be, you'd listen very carefully for the, um, for the DJ to introduce it. You'd be at the ready with the record and play um, tabs on your, you know, on your boot yeah. box. Yeah. Okay, so this is not wrong. Everyone did this. Well, anybody who had any taste, you know, or musical <laughs> curiosity... All right. Anybody who didn't want to spend a dollar ninety nine on a single <laughs> exactly. down at Sam Goody's, <laughs> don't trust me. I would accept a free single, but I'm not going to spend <laughs> buck ninety nine for I'm a single. Spend my Slim Jim money on a single. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> That's when Joe Biden invented. Come on, man. <laughs> overcharged. Only being overcharged for the single of of Levert. <laughs> Who is the guy who diverts uh, Kulin? That's what he said. He first said that phrase to the to the uh, mischievous fellow at the pool. What was his name? Knockwurst. N- his Who's, name was. Mm-hmm. Who is the guy at the swim, swimming pool who uh, Biden remembers disciplining? Corn pop. <laughs> Corn pop. <laughs> I think I ever only, by the way, I just want to say that I, I only remember buying one single from Sam Goody's, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah. It was the song Just Coolin', yeah. 1988 collaboration between Levert and Heavy D. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's pretty great. I And the, the B-side, because like a single would have a B-side, was just an instrumental of it. 
<laughs> I've had a few where the B side is just blank, <laughs> or it's the, or it's the same the same the song again. Yeah, um, I have from uh, when you when you would buy cassettes from Listening Booth, they would give you these little coupons, and you could save up the little coupons. They're little stamps, and you'd stick them all to a piece of paper or something, and then they would you'd get a free tape. And I never made it to the yeah. to the free tape, but I still have the coupons. No, it's good. Well, you can still use them. Yeah, they're on my uh, my bulletin board. If they, if anyone brings the brand back, I'm going to march in there with my cane in the air. Well, if 2020 has taught us nothing else, it's that anything is possible. Anything is possible, Eddie. Anything is possible. Come on, man. Come on, Anything's man. Possible. Come on, Knockwurst. <laughs> it's fun to say. I don't know if I said it before. No Come running on, at the pool. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, just cooling. Do we even want to co- comment on the the uh, the horrors of of the election. Anyone who is still Republican right now is scum. <laughs> okay, I guess we're going to comment then. That's my comment. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing to be a Republican right now. Yeah, it's a, it's shameful. Yeah, it's unforgivable. Don't be one. Yeah, you can change. People can change. Come on, man. Come on. Not wildly a big fan of Joe Biden, of course, either. Eh. But He'll do. On, man. Yeah. His heart's in the right uh, no, place. No, I, I, was, I was apoplectic with rage. Um, Boy, you were pissed about the pardons. The pardon, the, uh, the pardon of, of Kushner's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know what? I mean, who am I talking to about this stuff? You're, it's your old friend, J. Robert Lennon. Yeah. Do you disagree with me? I do not. I, I think it's bad. What's the, what's the point? <laughs> I think it's bad. Yeah. I, uh, um, yeah. Weird times, man. Well, can I, uh, can I recommend some more, uh, some more media properties? Uh, are they any of them from Levert? Are any of them from Levert? Mm-hmm. Levert's mm-hmm. in Cholet. Mm-hmm. Levert in Chevrolet. Um, uh, no, I uh, please recommend some media properties. I I, I have few um, myself. My reading has slackened radically. Sure. Mine My opinion too. of things of quality is lessened. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but you know, I've I've I mean, I've I've one of the, here's one of the odd things. If in addition to uh, getting you know. Uh, you know, other odd things that have happened in 2020. Yeah, buying a tuba, getting tear gassed, etc. Um, is uh, I've I'm a member of a number of uh, book groups and discussion groups through Zoom. Yeah, with people from around the country and uh, leading some of them and just participating in some of them. Um, and so I've been in this 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 weekly poetry discussion with some, some very smart people who are not poets but want to know more about poetry or writers and other genres. Uh-huh. Since the beginning, since like the second week of the pandemic, somebody's friend was sort of panicking about like what she was going to do with her time. So she sort of assembled all these great um, had discussion groups. And has uh, and so in talking about this, they memorize a poem 
discuss it every week, and then we just kind of lead the discussion and participate in it. It's not really teaching. It's just, um, and it has um, been really wonderful talking poetry with non-poets. Really? Yeah, serious level, yeah. Really? It's helped me clarify sort of what, you know, that poetry is still good, although almost everything written and having to do with poetry right now is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's been that's been helpful and productive in terms of of trying to find a new path forward as a as a writer. Yeah, for me, you had um, been very uh, you'd been um, bearish on the possibility of writing more poems. Back well, in, I thought I was done at some point. Yeah, and then um, some of that was my great disappointment at having a book come out in May. Yeah, and. And it was worse than not having a book come out. I mean, it was really enormously, enormously disappointing. Um, Most of which, uh, the disappointment which I swallowed. Um, But uh, um, um, so that's been great. Um, But also, sort of ancillary to that, these other just, just, just discussions about. To have other reading groups, so we spent a lot. Uh, they hadn't read uh, Alice Monroe mm-hmm. beside a story too, and so we we spent the last couple last month or so very deep reading and talking about Alice Monroe stories with some very smart people who hadn't read her before, um, and that was great. What were some of the the stories that uh, were most interesting to? Discuss? Well, number ones that I hadn't I hadn't read anything in Hate Ship Love Ship. Oh yeah, um, so we read all of those. It's a good book. And they're magnificent. Yeah. And then um, what else we talk about? The Office, the early one. Oh, moon. yeah. That was great. And the uh, the one where the, the woman goes to Australia um, to spy on her ex. Is that the the Jack Randa Hotel? The Jack Randa Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how a lot of her titles come from misunderstandings yeah. um that are poetic like uh, another another one is um lichen yeah. story lichen where um two men are exchanging looks at a photo of a photo a polaroid photo that the protagonist first thinks is a rock with lichen on it mm. um and of course it's not it's a nude woman it's the one man's girlfriend and he's showing other men this picture of her naked on a on a rock, and uh, um, and this is of course shocking to her. But this idea of the misunderstanding yeah. somehow being the theme, what she what her mind wanted it to be a picture of was significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but a lot of these other 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 discussions of of books that are not they're very good, but not you know necessarily. Oh, Courant avant-garde. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the nice things of 2020 has been being somewhat freed of the marketing apparatus of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Books, movies, TV. They appear, consuming them, but I'm not. One is so manipulated in so many ways towards thinking that you'd like something mm-hmm. uh, 
that you don't actually like. And that this goes for orange juices and soap brands, <laughs> but also literary movements and aesthetics. Sure. And uh, it's sort of nice to be in a bit of a vacuum yeah. on all these things. Yeah, um, and I um, and, and finding the the you know on one hand the 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 considerable vacuity of most cultural objects, mm-hmm. but then also like eh, I can ignore that, you know, in ways that that in other years it's been hard to ignore. You have to have an opinion on something, you know, and I feel they like even the, pretend to like something that you don't. The marketing apparatus that promotes literary products the ones that you know you and i might enjoy reading um i feel like it's it's too easy for me anyway to get seduced into the idea that because it's in the it's in the service of something that's valuable to me which is to say literary novels um that it is a positive force um but i don't i don't think that's so i think it's very much like any other any other manipulative uh, type of marketing. I I uh, I finally more or less quit Twitter a month ago. I'm so gl- glad for you. Yeah, I'm not. My Twitter is now very boring. I get on there once a week and I um I tell tell the world about my new issue of the newsletter or if I have a yeah you know an event or a book or a story or something I'll put it on there. But yeah. and I sort of am scrolling through and looking at all these people I I adore, but the yeah. but they're um the way everyone talks about things is so exhausting to me now. And I think it during the pandemic, it really just broke me, but it's also prevented me from seeing any kind of literary buzz. That was the only place I was seeing or hearing any, anything about other people's books. And so Mm -hmm. I'm coming across them based now on sort of friends recommendations or at random, um, and enjoying them more. Not not bad. Yeah. No, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, read. Um, can I recommend a book? Recommend yeah, a book. Um, mm-hmm. Our uh, internet acquaintance um, Miranda Popke, mm-hmm. um, first time novelist, I, I think, um, wrote this new book called uh, "Long Time Caller." Mm-hmm. <laughs> called "Topics of Conversation." Uh, it's a mm-hmm. novel, and I highly recommend it. It's a little bit influenced, I think, by the recent trilogy of novels by Rachel Cusk that are mm-hmm. a. Um, implausibly deft dialogue um, is the, is the main ingredient of all of these. And they're typically not entirely women, but mostly women talking about their complicity in male sexual aggressiveness, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it is potentially a very uh, controversial topic, but really sort of interesting and edgy. And the sentences are long and convoluted in an artful way. Um, and I'm a sucker for just people talking, uh, in yeah. great big, long paragraphs in fiction. So, um, uh, it's a very skillful and peculiar novel. I really like it. Uh, I need to get it. You ought. Also, uh, do you know what Sebastian Castillo? No. Young fella. Uh, no. I, I met him through a friend of a friend, but he's a writer and he wrote this book called, I'm going to get the title wrong. I think it's called 49, uh, Venezuelan novels. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's called. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, it's essentially very short stories. 
um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a very self-conscious, I- ironic, um, I wouldn't say whimsical, but sort of in- intellectually playful tone. He he wrote this book called Not I that's basically a, um, it, it's an exercise. Uh, it's, uh, I should have brought it into the room with me so I could, so I could read a bit of it, but, um, it's uh, just conjugating uh, sentences in every possible way, each one in the first person. Um, and he's just exploring every possible uh, configuration, every way of saying something. And in doing so, spills out these absurdities about the self. Uh, and it's a, sort of a, cha- a very nicely perfect bound chapbook, I would say, from Word West, a small publisher. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I recommend that too. You got anything good? No. Did you see, I bookmarked this because uh, I thought you might have thoughts about it. Did you see that Tony Rice died? I saw Tony Rice died. That was very sad. Uh, he has been ill for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an excellent magazine piece that, oh, it was the New York Times. Um, here is the link to it. Great. Nice piece. Good writer. I don't know if you know. Sandra Beasley, DC yeah, I writer. Don't, I have not. Uh, here we go. This is from 2014. Yeah. Yeah, it's all there. Great. Nice piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, lis- I listen to him all the time. I've been listening to Tony Rice probably um, at least once a week, either through him or J.D. Crow in the New South with the Nashville Bluegrass Band. Mm-hmm. Um or other things, you know, since 1990, since I started taking, you know, the, the banjo seriously. Yeah. In 1990. I mean, that's 400 years I've been listening to Tony Rice. I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to choose from, but is there a, is there a track that you would, uh, you'd recommend, I recommend to the, to the listeners of the podcast? Our podcast. Well, I mean, sim- I mean, uh, his version of Norman Blake's Church Street Blues, all right, mm-hmm. uh, which has his great um, guitar playing and his distinctive singing. Not a great singer, but you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That is just fine. Yeah, great guitar player. You know, that, that fl- very difficult style that he played. You know the. Um, Flat picking, the flat picked guitar is very fast, mm-hmm. but it never felt rushed. You know, he always had, he had a style. It was always it was very it's very full sound. It was a lot of notes, but it always felt um, uh, full and uh, um, patient and relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. he was great. Tony Rice died. Bill Kittred, our old teacher, died. Barry Lopez died. Oh, no, well. really? Or, Oregonian uh, uh, Barry Lopez died. So losing a lot of people. Yeah, Allison Lurie. Allison Lurie, your friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah too many to count. Yeah, it's it's sad. But uh, um, I'm glad uh, Allison lived to see uh, Trump voted out of office. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pleasure in that, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're alive. We are. We're alive, Eddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to recommend one more thing. Um, 
we uh, we've done a lot of cooking um, uh, during the during the pandemic. I thought we would end up getting a lot of takeout. We'd get sick of cooking, get a lot of takeout, but we haven't actually. Um, have enjoyed have enjoyed trying different things. We're, I think we're a little fed up now uh, and are, are starting to repeat ourselves. But we did a lot of Indian cooking and a lot of uh, Korean cooking. Right. But they, most of the Indian re- recipes came from this book by Priya Krishna, who some people might know from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen series uh-huh. of YouTube videos, very charming mm-hmm. videos that later imploded because the the uh, younger bon yeah the younger and uh, more junior chefs were being paid much less money than the senior, um, and as it happens, white chefs were being paid, and no one realized that this was going on. So. Back. Oh. for a moment there, John. There you are. I was uh, I was just talking. Anyway, uh, this book yep. uh, of Priya's is called Indianish, and the recipes are really delicious and not Indian-ish. too hard to make. I'll try it. I'll link to what it. What are you doing for Korean? I've started uh, uh, eating great quantities of bibimbap. Sure. Uh, and I've, I'm going to try to make it. So I got some gochujang. Yeah, that's the stuff. Sauce. Yes. But I haven't quite. You've been using these things. What, yeah. what, do you, what do you? Gochujang is the is like the go to very uh, spicy umami type seasoning for everything. Right. Fermented um, bean paste. We have gotten a lot, most of our recipes from a chef named Mangchi. Um, she is Korean American. I guess she grew up in Korea. Has been living in New York for a long time. Her name comes from <laughs> when she divorced. She started playing an online. Uh, first-person shooter, and her her screen name was Mangchi, which means hammer, I guess, in Korean. <laughs> so, and it has become her YouTube name as well. And she's mostly known for these YouTube videos where she demonstrates how to cook various kinds of Korean home cooking and street food. Um, Very nice. And she mm-hmm. goes there, does a little research every now and then, comes back with new recipes. And she has a really great uh, book. I think it's just called the Big Mangchi's Big Book of Korean Cooking. But um, her videos are delightful. She has a very distinctive, cheerful, funny personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hammer, yeah, the hammer. Yeah. Um, but the I'll food, the food is great. Yeah, I'll check that. Have, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my, my I went to, I went to had a physical at some point Good. in the last uh, period of time, and uh, there was nothing particularly for him to get excited about, and so he said, <laughs> "Well, you know, I think any any man who's approaching fifty should get a good bread machine. <laughs> he recommended a brand, so I assume he's getting a percentage. I didn't order it through him. I Was this a prescription? No, it felt like a prescription. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure you get enough fiber. So what you do is just make a whole wheat loaf every couple of days. Okay. Have a little toast every morning. He's, You'll he's, live longer. Is the only doctor in America recommending bread? Yeah. yeah. You recommend a whole wheat bread. All right. Great. Eat some bread. It's like, should I lose some weight? Yeah, lose some weight. But get enough fiber. Yeah. Get some whole wheat bread. Get the one. Get this one because it has a jam setting. You can get a jam function. <laughs> Wait. It makes, it makes yeah, you jam. You can make jam. jam. It makes jam. In the same vessel that you make bread in? Same vessel. I misunderstood and thought that you could make them at the same time. Yeah. Just, but, it just pops out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Now, should I play us out with some tuba? Yeah, please do.
It's time for love.